Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Uh, all right, happy Valentine's Day. <clears throat> this is a standalone message, um, which I, I love this because it's just a, just a, lo- a note from God saying uh, this right here, eventually. <laughs> I love you. Uh, from God. And, uh, you know, it's the most wonderful message in all of scriptures that God loves you and God loves me. As we were singing that song, um, Oh How He Loves Me, I was kind of picturing, you know, maybe all kinds of people um, as, as they're not just here, but as they would sing a song like that. And I was just thinking of what, what is, what's the expression? What, what's really happening in a person's life? Are they saying, well, I'm not really sure if he does, or yes, he does. Um, and so today, I hope to get us to a place where we know, yes, he does. Like, we really hear this message today that God does really love us. It seems like a generic message, but it's such a powerful one. It is the most powerful message. Um, and again, not how much we love God, but how much he loves us. His love is our greatest defense and most powerful weapon against our enemies. You know that? His love is the most powerful healing agent ever known to mankind. And it is how the world comes to know Jesus, his love. Say his love. So it's time that we, the church, receive it. We not only read this love letter from God and believe it, but that we feel it deep within ourselves taking his love from our heads and letting him deliver it to our hearts. So today, God sends us a note, a message, just to say, I love you. Say, I love you. It was, that's, that's easy. So you can do that. Not just today. I love you. See, as I was preparing this message, I was reminded of my first love letter from, from Emily. Now, it actually came to me out of conflict uh, it, it was in the first few weeks of, of our uh, relationship. It came around the time her ex-boyfriend started creeping in. You know that story a little bit. I've alluded to it. Um, so he wanted to get back together with her. I knew it. He put a note on her door, sat by her at church. We weren't going to the same church at the time. And asked her to meet him for dinner. That was a problem. So I kept quiet for a bit until I couldn't stay quiet anymore. I shared my concerns. Emily was, in my personal opinion, God bless her, a bit oblivious to the snake in the grass, which is my opinion. And I I really thought I was going to lose her. I really thought I was going to lose Emily our first few weeks. I didn't know. You know, this guy was taller. That's it. That's all he was. (laughs) That's all he had. But I didn't know. So I left it up to her to, because it, the whole thing was, are you going to go meet him? You going to Arnie's to meet him? You know? And uh, she's like, well, I, it, it's going to be okay. He just wants to talk. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's a snake in the grass. But I left it up to her. I didn't force her. I just left it up to her. And the next day I got a letter. 
I don't know if she remembers it. She, she wrote me a letter. She's so good with words, by the way, too. She wrote this letter, and I searched everywhere in the house to find it. I have it. Because what I did is I, I put some lamination over it. I, the letter was so powerful to me, I, I laminated it, and, and I hid it somewhere. I just don't know where it's at. That's what happens when you get older, but doggone it. But, but it doesn't matter because, listen, in a nutshell, this is what the letter said. I love you, and I want to be with you. That's what it said. I'll never, I'll, I'll never forget it. In other words, this letter solidified my belief in her love for me. That's how powerful it was. And this book right here is a love letter from God to you and I that if we read it and if we believe it, it will solidify the truth of God's love for us. There's no doubt that the Bible is about God and the glory of God, but it's a note that he left behind for us to discover and to experience the wonderful and clear message of his love. So today is a reminder of that ongoing, infinite message God has sent to us. It is the greatest reminder, listen, especially for the time that we have been living in, right? As fear and worry, anxiety has attempted to grip this world we understand how powerful this message is and can be because it's not faith that will drive out fear, worry, or anxiety. Do you know that? It's his love that drives it out. Perfect love drives out fear. So let me start with this note from God to us, to you, found near the beginning of the Bible. God spoke through Moses thousands of years ago to a note left behind for us today, Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 8. The Lord did not set his heart on you, Dan, or chose you because you were more numerous than other nations, for you're the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you. And then another note through Jeremiah, the prophet, Jeremiah 31, 3. Long ago, the Lord said to you, Dan, to you, to the world, I loved, I've loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, with unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. The Bible makes it crystal clear that God loves us, and this love he gives, listen, never quits. It is unstoppable, unwavering, unconditional, and incomprehensible. Listen, it is a force that is unequaled. And I think of the greatest thing that we could ever learn and ever know, it is this right here, that we are absolutely loved by God. I've noticed that we talk a lot about pursuing God, going after God, and that's good. But do you ever think about God pursuing you? Yes, God pursues you. This is what his love does. It pursues. We see it in the beginning when Adam and Eve, right? They made a colossal mistake, but yet God pursues them by saying, where are you? Where are you? See, a lot of times when people make mistakes in our lives, we say, forget you, right? Forget you. You made a mistake. You did this to me. Forget you. I don't want to talk to you for a while, but God says, where are you? He could have left them, completely abandoned them. After all, they messed up this perfect, pure relationship with God. They betrayed God, yet God pursued them. 
Did you hear that? They betrayed God, yet God pursued them, not to condemn them, but to love them. That's what love does, it pursues. For those of us who are parents or understand losing your kids for a moment, whether in a store or a mall, or, or even when Levi got lost in the woods and we were just, our hearts were pounding, we couldn't find him. He's only two or three years old, chased a cat in the woods, called the cops. I mean, it was, it was, it was so heart-wrenching. But one, the one thing I know is that if my kids ever kind of get lost, when they got lost early on, I would have done anything, anything in my ability to find them, I'm telling you. I would have, I would have knocked on every single door to my very last knock or breath until I found my kids. And you would too, right? No doubt about that. He's always searching for you. By the way, God isn't looking for worship. He's looking for worshipers. Do you hear that? He's looking for you. He's not looking for worship. It doesn't matter how you worship. It matters who you worship, right? We all worship differently. But it's how you and I worship with our lives. But he's looking for you. I look back in my life and see the pursuit of God. I, I think of the times when God brought me into young life, which I love that ministry, young life. And then the God brought people along the way. And then my brother, my mom got saved. Listen, God was pursuing me and he still is. He doesn't stop. Look at this, Psalm 139, seven through nine. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Jesus lives to pursue you and rescue you from trouble. Do you hear that? Right now, he is actively organizing ways to pursue you. Right now in order to deliver you and to set you free and to show you his love. Don't get too excited. As I mentioned last week, listen, I went out of my way to pursue Emily. I earned her clothes, fixed her tire, because I wanted her to be mine. See, when you want something so bad, you just might do anything to get it. Come on, guys. Come on, you know, you did things. When you, when you met your gal... You were doing things you never did before. You can laugh. It's true. Like you were, you were doing things, man. You never opened up a car door for anybody. And now you're opening them all the time. Like, like that's exactly what happens when you fall in love or you meet someone you love is you start doing things that you, but I was running with Emily right off the bat. And the power of my walk prevailed, rather walk. The only thing I haven't done is drink coffee yet. And I say yet, because you never know. See, when you want something so bad, you just might do anything to get it that sounds like God. Doesn't that sound like God? He wants us and wanted us so bad that he gave us his only son in order to purchase us or get us back, pursuing us even to the ends of the earth. That's God's love towards you and me. God pursues you. And listen, God fights for you. God's a fighter. Do you ever think of him that way? He's a fighter. He fights for us. 
Now back to that letter that I talked about in the beginning with Emily. When this unexpected conflict battle occurred, I had two choices. Give up or fight. Give up or fight. So I chose to fight. And I was rewarded for it. Do you hear that? I chose to fight. The Bible says that for those who come to God must believe that he is comma and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, that's a fight. Diligently means painstaking effort. I'm gonna get down in the dirt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a rumble right now, not with God, but, but with whatever's happening in my life so that, so that God can prevail. Do you guys hear that? And so I had a choice to flight or fight, and I chose to fight. See, God expresses his love in the fight. The Bible, if you read it, they're a collection of true stories of conflict, of betrayal, and of battle, but of God fighting for his people over and over again. Oh, I hope you're not bored with this yet. And never get bored with this message. Because God fights for you. Come on, listen. You know you have a fight in you. Don't tell me you don't. I remember, and I, I, the, my fight has come up at different times in my life. A lot of times it's with, with my family. If, if anybody starts messing with family, you know what I'm saying? Then I, was, I become like this Italian mob guy or something. I don't even know what it is, but no, you guys can laugh this morning. It's okay. Is it too cold to laugh? Um, so anyways, I, I remember I was playing golf, and it was in, in Ionia, and I was on the last hole and I'm, I'm hitting my golf shot, you know. And all of a sudden, just before I hit, I see Emily parked her car over, over by the, uh, somewhere, and she started walking on the course just to say hi. Just to say hi. I don't even remember that. And all of a sudden, this lady comes darting out of the clubhouse, just darting out of the, like, towards us. She goes, you can't be on the course right now. You can't be here. You didn't pay. I'm like, lady, it's okay. That's my wife. She's coming to give me a kiss in the cheek. But, but, I, I, but as soon as she came running, I'm like, what is up with that? Like I almost had to say, hey, hey, chill out. Don't make me take my pastor suit off and my Christian suit, <laughs> right? And so what I'm saying is this, you guys. I don't care who you are. There's a fight in you. Do you know that? Matter of fact, I've said it many times. The, you know, you made it to this earth in a fight, you had to fight with, with uh, millions of other possible little dudettes, dudes and dudettes. If you haven't had that talk with your kids yet. You had to fight literally 500 million. Think about that. You were one in 500 million. Don't tell me you don't got a fight in you. Don't tell me you don't have a fight in you. Anytime my family, friends... Staff, church family is under attack. I, a fight rises up in me. Sometimes I say, devil, you just poked a bear. Well, that comes from God. Do you know that? It comes from God. It does. A fight. Say, I'm going to fight. I'm not going to flight. Because <laughs> God fights for us. I mean, if I can tell you how many times I had, you know, a young man in my office that wanted to date my daughter, and I quickly showed him my big sword. So I said, you know, marry my, you know, marry, you're going to want to date my daughter. I just want to lay down some ground rules here. One day she'll thank me for that. 
she'll be, uh, I don't know how many guys I've chased off. <laughs> just, I just knew they weren't the one. Uh, okay, I'm not going to go there. I'm Lynn, sorry, sweetie. Um, God's not complacent. He's always ready to fight. But look at Exodus 14, 14. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. God is not passive. If we only knew all the times that God was fighting our battles, if we could only see all that he has kept us from, protected us from, we would simply bow down and worship. We would see his love in action in the fight. Well, St. Valentine, the inspiration for this day, he fought for marriage. During that time, the, the rulers, the king prohibited marriage because they wanted all of their men fighting in war without the distraction of Love. After all, uh, they thought single soldiers could devote their entire lives to fighting, while married soldiers were distracted by wife and family. So St. Valentine, recognizing the injustice of this, he married couples in secret. And when that was found out, he was caught, he was thrown into prison, and later killed all because he fought for love. He fought for it. God fights for us. I love this verse in Romans 8.32. Every time I read it, it reminds me of God fighting for me. It says, uh, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? That's a powerful little verse right there. Verse 33, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. And he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. In that scripture, you know what I see? I see Jesus standing up for me in UFC form. You see that? Ready to fight. So many times we think, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you in the middle of this pandemic? Where are you in the middle of my trouble? Where are you, God? This is Jesus in the middle of your, of your struggle right here. I'm telling you right here. This is him. I mean, eight-pack abs. I mean, muscles like you couldn't believe. I mean, he's ready, you guys. It's like the woman caught in adultery. Read that story for yourself. All these guys come by with their rocks because they just found this woman. By the way, they were just peeping toms. And they found this woman. And all of a sudden, they, they're going to get her, you know, because the law says you're, you're, you're in trouble because of what you did. And now we, can, we have a right to stone you. They all brought their rocks and Jesus comes on the scene. And I love what he does. He kind of stands up, looks at him, says a few things, goes down, writes in the dirt. Probably all the sins of all those men right there, just writing their sins. I don't know what he's doing. Stands up again. And then finally, after all this is done, all of those boys to men drop their stones because Jesus did this. For, and he calls her daughter. I love that. Daughter, uh, who accuses you? Who can accuse you now? Right? Don't you love that? That's God. He fights for us. 
There's no better feeling when someone will fight for you. I think I was probably fourth grade. And I'm riding the bus, obviously, fourth, maybe fourth grade, fifth grade, maybe I'm riding the bus. And on this bus were just a couple bullies. And every time I got in the bus, I'm telling you, they just started bullying me every single day. And I'm like, my, and I'm trying to avoid them. And, but they spotted me and they, 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 they must have sniffed some fear or something. But I, all of a sudden, every day, they just say something. They push me around. And I had enough. And finally, I just happened to tell my big brother, Gene, one day. Now, Gene never took the bus, even if, he, even if he, he would find a ride. The bus wasn't cool. So at that time, he was, he was getting either driving or having a ride to school with a friend. But one day, he didn't take, he didn't take a car. He took the bus. I love this. Now, I can't tell you what he said that day to that bully. It wouldn't be appropriate in church. But he stopped that bully dead in his tracks. And let me tell you something about that moment, because Meg sang about it in that song, the regrets. That day, my brother got on that bus and stood up to those bullies. I'll tell you this, was the change everything about my relationship with Gene. I, listen, that's my brother. Brothers, right? You have, you have any brothers you fight, you know, you go through tough things. But listen, my relationship changed that day. Every single disagreement, regret, or fight I ever had with him was forgotten the moment he stepped on that bus and fought for me. And here's what people don't realize. God is fighting for you, but we're so stuck in the regret or the thing that didn't happen, the, 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 the problem that happened that we forget God is still in the position of this. I'm fighting for you. God fights for us, and, 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 we, and, and we, that, that we, it's over that we see his love for us. And listen, he fights for us to experience, to feel his love. And I believe this. He says, won't he give us everything else? Do you hear that? We just read that. Won't he give us everything else? What does that mean? That just means this. That means that God fights your battles to bring you to a blessing. Do you hear that? He fights your battles to bring you and I to a blessing. In other words, here's my point. God has a feast for you. When you let him fight for you, come on. God has a feast for you when you let him fight for you. He will lead you into his favor in a feast. It, it's, an, it's another expression of his generous love. I heard a story of a famous athlete he came from extreme poverty, struggling just to find food. And one day someone noticed him and decided to bring him to a fancy restaurant. He ate food he had never seen before. He said it was food straight from heaven. He ate and he ate and he ate. Then the bill came out. And this man pulled out his wallet and threw down nearly $1,000 on the table for that dinner. And the athlete said to himself, who would do that for me? You guys got the answer? God. Come on. God. God would do that. 
Psalm 23, 5, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. God has prepared an experience like no other. Listen, even in the midst of battle. Say it again. God has prepared an experience like no other, even in the midst of battle, even in the midst of our wandering. Remember, the father had a feast in mind for his prodigal son. Listen, before he came back home. Look at Luke 15, 23. And kill the calf we have been fattening. Do you hear that? Right now, God's got a feast prepared for you. He's been fattening the calf. He's been holding your robe and polishing your ring that he's about to put on your finger. God gives us everything we'll ever need in this life and the life to come. Listen, he has prepared a table for us because he loves us. His love is seen in creation. But it's heartbreaking many don't see him. I pray today that our eyes are open and that the eyes of those who don't know Jesus are open simply by looking up into the sky. First John 3, 1, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is who we are. That's who we are. When our kids were younger, we read a lot of books to them. If you're a parent, you know, you just read book after book after book. They're great books. I learned so much from those books. One book, Guess How Much I Love You. It's a story about two rabbits, little nut brown hair and big nut brown hair, or losing his hair. They, they, they are having a conversation and a, and a competition about who loves who more. How, how many read that book? Okay, gotcha. They're having a competition. And, and Adeline especially loved this book, I remember. And I remember every time we got to the moment where big nut brown hair would say, I love you higher, I love you wider, I love you longer, Adeline would hold her blankie tight and you could see her blush and this heartwarming smirk. And we would finish the book and she would say again, again, meaning read it again, Dad. And I don't know how many times we read that book, but it was a lot. But it always had the same impact on her. As a matter of fact, I wonder if she instinctively knew that she needed to hear it again and again and again. The Bible's that book that says, guess how much I love you. Well, that, that book that, that I read on Lynn ends with big nut brown hair saying, I love you to the moon and back. Well, God doesn't love you to the moon and back. He loves you to the moon and beyond because he has a feast for you. Look at feast your eyes for a moment at the way God cares for us in creation. Think about this. Our solar system is filled with amazing planets, but none are created for life except the earth. It is suspended at the perfect angle and at the perfect distance from all other planets, and that at the slightest variation, life would be non-existent. Our sun has been placed at the perfect location within our galaxy, and our planet has been placed at the perfect location within our solar system designed specifically so that we can thrive here, 
God gave us the perfect atmosphere with the perfect mixture of chemical ingredients in the air to show us his love, knowledge, and power. A slight change in chemical ingredients could destroy all living organisms. I love what Sir Isaac Newton said. He says, atheism is so senseless. This is the father of physics, by the way. Atheism is so senseless. When I look at the solar system, he says, I see the earth at the right distance from the sun to receive the proper amounts of heat and light. This did not happen by chance. He said, the most beautiful solar system with the sun, planets, and comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent being. God. I did not evolve from a tadpole or a monkey. I did not. I did not ball. Yeah, you know what? I came from a big bang theory. God said, God's big, and he said, bang. <laughs> and here you go. I just create everything in a bang. <laughs> everything you see is from my bang. Let there be light. Come on. Romans 1.20 says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God's made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. Listen, God loves us to the moon and beyond. And in the end, guess what? We get an upgrade. If you think this is beautiful here, just wait till you see what he has planned for us next. A new heaven and a new earth because he loves us with no strings attached. He loves us from the beginning all the way to the end, from Genesis to Revelation and beyond. God says, I have a feast for you because I love you. And if you open this love letter anywhere, but in the middle of it, I'm going to show you, you're going to find a psalm, specific psalm I want to show you right now, that speaks about his love for all people. And not just that he loves us, but that he loves us now. Say, God loves me now. This is how I want to finish this message. With the truth that, yes, God loves you always, but God loves you now. Many times we believe the lie that God will only love me when I get my stuff in order. When I perform my priestly duty. This is actually anti-Christ because God loves you now. Come on, human beings are like that. I'll love you after you clean your room. I'll love you after you. That's not how it works, you guys. God loves us before, and he got, God loves us now and after. God loves you now. Do you know that? I'm sorry, you're bored with this message. I hope you're not. This is the, this is, this is the truth. This is the powerful truth we need to hear. Here we go. Ready? Let me show you this. Let's, let's end by, 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 by looking at this Psalm 107, 1 through 3. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he's redeemed you from your enemies, for he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. You know, we talked about that. Uh, at the beginning of the year that this is going to be the year that, that um, fa- the, the sons will turn to the father, father to the sons. That, that, that's what it is. It, it's, it's, it's the, it, what it means is God is bringing his children to him. That's what it means. Like, like remember, your kids, they're, they're under your um, responsibility, but listen, your kids didn't come from you. They came through you, Right? 
So ultimately, all, all grandkids, kids, great-great-grandkids, us, they're all just children of God that come from God. And God is calling his children back to him, young and old, by his love. So be encouraged. There's a new harvest coming just over the horizon. God is calling those who are lost, hurting, and wandering to come home. He's gathering them from the north, south, east, and west. He's calling them with his love right now. As you pray for them now, God is reaching them now. Let's keep reading. Here they are. All those who are being reached with God's love through your prayers. And by the way, we were once these people I'm going to talk about. Lost, wandering, and separated from God. Verse 4, some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord, help! They cried in their trouble, and God immediately rescued them from their distress. I know it threw immediately, but that's what happened. He rescued them from their distress and led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Do you see how much he loves you? Are you lost now? Are you lonely now? Are you hungry and thirsty now? Just cry out to God and let him love you now. Verse 10. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why I broke them with hard labor. They fell and no one was there to help them. Lord, help. They cried in their trouble and he saved them immediately from their distress. He saved them now. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Come on snapped him. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he's done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze and he cut apart their bars of iron. Listen, are you depressed, oppressed, beaten down by the enemy? Let God love you now. God loves those who are depressed now. God loves those who are covered in shame now. He wants to break the chains now. Just let God love you now. Verse 17, some were fools. By the way, all these sound like me. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food and they were knocking on death's door. Lord, help. They cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Are you a rebel now? Because I sure was. Are you hurting now? Are you suffering now? Are you sick now? Then let God love you now. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. I love this verse in Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the who? And God was with him. You don't have to sit back and watch this movie unfold. You can let God go on attack mode with his love right now. You can fight. 
Go for it. I mean it. See, Jesus is still ready to fight for you right now and love you now and to heal you now. Just let him. Let's keep reading verse 23. Look at this. Some went off to sea in ships, plying the trade routes of the world. They too observed the Lord's power in action, his impressive works on the deepest seas. He spoke and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wit's end. But Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he's done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation, before the leaders of the nation. Listen, are you at your wit's end? Are you sick and tired of struggling in life, in your business, in your career? Are you struggling with trusting God for your future? That's what that is. These guys were business people, off the ships, doing their thing. Nothing wrong with that. But I think they've put their trust in themselves and they forgot God. If you're struggling with knowing that God loves you, let God calm the storm within you. Let God love you now. But wait, he's not done. His love is so extravagant. First of all, know this. Anytime God comes and brings you a strong message of his love, the enemy's agenda is to steal it from you, to kill it from you, to destroy it. Just know that. You can't let him. Don't let him. Don't let him. Don't let him steal this message. Don't let him steal what is being said today. Because this is what happens. This is what he's going to do to your enemy in first uh, two verses here in 33. He changes their rivers into deserts and their springs of water into dry, thirsty land. He turns their fruitful land into salty wastelands because of the wickedness of those who live there. Isn't that awesome? He fights for you. But look at this. But he also turns deserts into pools of water and the dry land into springs of water. He brings the hungry to settle there to build their cities. They sow their fields, plant their vineyards, and harvest their bumper crops. How he blesses them. They raise large families and their herds of livestock increase. Verse 41, but he rescues the poor from trouble and increases their families like flocks of sheep. The godly will see these things and be glad while the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. Let me just go back to this moment and see if you can respond to this. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak it out. Right? It's an easy one. Does he love you? Speak it out. Well, Dan, I hear all this. I'm hearing it with my head. But I need it in my heart. I've heard this message before. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. But for some reason, I can't let it get in my heart. In my prayers, you open your heart because God wants to lavish his love on you. 
But here's the one key verse that I see in all that. They cried out to the Lord. See, there's something about faith that's important to God. And there's really two kinds of faith. There's, there's I can't believe and I won't believe. God can do so many great things we can't believe, but he can't do much we won't believe. Sometimes we get stuck in our ways and we just won't believe. This is the way I'm gonna believe and that's it and that's it and that's it. Listen, it's really difficult for God to fix won't believe. But I'll tell you something, when you say, Lord, I can't believe, please help my unbelief, watch it. Watch, watch what he does. If you would just, even if you can't believe, God's gonna come in when you cry out to him. Romans 5, 8 says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to let God love you after. Let him love you now. Wow, you're stuck in all that stuff. How do you do that? Romans 10, 9 and 10, very simple. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, there it is, and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. Salvation is simple. Just believe in Jesus. Just cry out to God and he will rescue you now. An honest cry from the heart will change everything. See, the ultimate love is giving up what's most important to you. And God so loved the world that he gave what was most important to him, which was his son, his one and only son. For us, that if we would believe, we would not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, will you let God love you? Don't make me come down and give, give, give you a big sloppy wet kiss on the cheek. No. Will you let God love you now? I know there's a lot that's being said today, but I pray that something got into your heart today. Something that said, you know what? I got to let God love me now. I'm, I'm waiting to, so I can just do all I want in this world. And one day, maybe when I take my last breath, I'll cry out to Jesus and he'll love me then. No, you, you don't wait for that. Today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart. Don't wait for that day. Let God love you now, right now, right now. Can you bow your heads with me for a moment as we pray a simple prayer of crying out to God? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if you're going through depression. I don't know if the enemy's attacking you in a, in, in, a, in a major way that you have a hard time really believing that God loves you. I don't know if you're, if you're lonely. I don't know, but God does and he cares. He loves you. He wants to meet that need right now. I don't know if you're sick in your body, but God loves you. He wants to meet your need. I don't know what's happening in your life, but listen, God loves you right now and he wants to meet every single need need that you have. For my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Right? What do you need? Let's cry out to him. Cry out to him. It's a simple, simple prayer when, it's, when it comes from the heart. Pray with me as a family online. Say, Heavenly Father, I cry out to you. I'm in need of help. But more importantly, I'm in need of your love. So Lord, here's my heart. 
fill it with your love. Because I know you're fighting for me. So I let you fight for me. And I know you have a feast for me. So Lord, prepare that table. God, I know that you love me. So Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Yeah. What you got? Hi. Cutie. Uh, <laughs> I have, first of all, I have to tell you a little vision that I saw during worship because it goes so well with the message. And um, while we were singing, Oh, How He Loves Us, I just saw a picture of the bride of Christ walking on this path, and she's heading to meet Jesus. But, and she's wearing her pretty white dress. But she gets tripped up by the enemy who's been lying in wait on the side of the path. And she fell in the mud. She got ripped her dress, got all muddy and dirty. And here comes Jesus. She's ashamed of how dirty she looks in the presence of God. But Jesus is not here to judge his bride. He's here to rescue her because he loves us. It's just like that woman caught in adultery, right? So he picked her up and he's gonna gently wash her with the water of the word and he's gonna make her clean. And he doesn't expect her to fix her own gown and sew it up and make it clean. He gives her a brand new, pure white gown to wear. That's his righteousness. That will never be stained because his blood has washed it. So that's us as individuals, but it's God's church too. It's our, his bride. He loves us that much. He's here not to judge his bride, Mm -hmm. but to rescue her. So I'm just thankful for that. So you guys can kind of take that and chew on it today. But, um, okay, we have a praise report. First of all, Dana came through her surgery amazingly hey, with flying colors. Dana, and she's here today because she feels so good. I love it. So thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. for that. We yeah. prayed for her last week. And, um, and then we want to pray for somebody who's going to be having an MRI on their neck and their shoulder this week. Um, just some things that the doctors saw that they want to look at more closely. But we're just going to believe for that pain to be erased and for a good report. Yeah. 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 Matter of fact, um, let's, just, let's just focus on some healing right here in this, in this place. Um, uh, and and let's, let's try to let's, let's focus. Anybody you know who's not feeling well or maybe in a, in a, a place, not just physically, but emotionally, um, something's going on inside. Would we, can we just target that? Um, it's, it's not God. It's the enemy. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. Um, we clearly saw that, that, that the enemy wants to oppress and discourage people and confuse people. That's not God. Can we target for a moment those people's lives? So, Lord, we just lift up every single person who's struggling physically right now. And God, we just thank you, God, that you are still the Lord that heals, God. You're still the Lord that heals, God. And Lord, we want to grab that, uh, that, that with faith right now, with faith. And we want to take that word, which is filled with faith, 
And God, we want to we wanna be very accurate, God, with it right now in, in, for this MRI, for those who are sick in their bodies, struggling with depression, struggling with anything emotional, any wounds, God, um, any physical wounds. You, you said by your stripes, Jesus, we are healed. So God, those areas of, of, of the body that we're thinking about and praying about right now, God, we pray that you'd go in there with a just very exact precision right now in Jesus' name. Begin to heal those organs, heal that body, God, right now. We give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, would you just stand for me? Yeah, would you stand for a moment? We're just going to sing that chorus together as we kind of leave. Um, and uh, just want to sing that chorus. Amen. Meg, I know this is, this is not a part of your plan or process type A, but you're over here. I know. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Lift up your hands and sing it. Come on. Yes, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves. Sing it again. Yes, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves. So, Lord, I pray that even that phrase, God, would just get so deep into our hearts, God, as we walk out. Lord, I'm just trusting you, Holy Spirit, because I'm just an obedient vessel saying things, but God, you can do things. You can multiply things, God. You do amazing things, God, just through one simple act, one small message, God. Would you overwhelm us with your love, God? Lord, when, when we, as we're driving back home, God, when we're with family today, God, when, when, wherever we're at, God, today, would you, we just, we ask you, we invite you in your love to just get into every area of our lives, God. We give you free reign and access in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac. For upcoming events and information and ways to connect, God bless you and have a beautiful week.